The views and opinions expressed by the producers, hosts, and guests of Flash Black Radio do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of Flash Black or its parent company. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, beautiful people. This is Mind Your Money on Flash Black Radio. I am Da Vinci Parks, a.k.a. Lee Bennett III. And I wanted to talk to you today about an article I found on CNBC a few months back. It's something I've been meaning to talk to you about sooner than now, and I apologize for that. Uh, But I wanted to get into it. it. It's essentially... A CNBC video slash article that says when you should emphasis on the word should pay off your mortgage um, or pay off your debt rather uh, to be more specific is actually about paying off all your debt and then saying when you should do it, like what age you should do it by. And the article and video clip is essentially focusing on the opinion of one Mr. Kevin O'Leary. Now, if the name Kevin O'Leary sounds familiar, it's because He's the guy that is nicknamed Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank. Uh, he's very entertaining. He's also a very shrewd businessman based upon what I see on Shark Tank. Don't know him personally, obviously. Uh, but uh, he offers some interesting advice. Um, and I wanted to get into that. One of the reasons why I wanted to get into it is I see on CNBC in particular You have people at one point, I believe Susie Orman back in the day was on CNBC. You have other people like Jim Cramer who are offering financial advice and things of that nature. And it's good to hear financial advice and strategies from people who have actually done it and have actually met success while doing it. And Kevin O'Leary would be no different in this regard. Uh, But one of my concerns that I have is I think sometimes the people offering the success are one, not necessarily sensitive to the the audience as a whole that they're offering their advice to, and that it's overly general and there's not enough specificity as as a result. So you're going to give someone advice, but you're not really sensitive to their particular situation. That's an issue. That's a problem as I see it. And also, you're going to give advice that's very general in the sense like, this is what you should do. Emphasis again on the word should, but not necessarily break down the actual steps in order to make it happen. That to me in and of itself is a problem. You're saying this is what you should do, but you're not telling me how. So how are you actually helping me? Um, So those are a couple things that I wanted to address. Um, I want to do I I wanted I want to actually be clear in saying that this again is a link which is going to be included in this in this article. So if you're listening to the podcast, please uh, go find the article on the flashblackradio.com website. It's uh, entitled, It's Not That Simple. That's the name of the podcast slash article that I posted. You'll find the link in the article, uh, inside the link for this article that I'm discussing. You will see that there's also a couple of points that have been included. There are four points in particular. The first one is 
to save and invest for the long term. The second one is think carefully about a mortgage. The third one is make a monthly strategy to pay off debt. And that's something I wholeheartedly agree with. Uh, There are a few articles and podcasts on this particular website specifically talking about budgeting, how to create a budget, jumping in the pool, the whole nine in terms of getting yourself up and running with a budget. And I believe that's one of the most powerful tools you can have when it comes to attaining financial freedom. It's hard to get, you know, find your way to financial freedom if you don't have a map. Your map is your budget. So if you don't know what you're spending and what you're earning, you're pulling in like you might know what you're making on an hourly or annual basis. But if you don't know what your money looks like coming in and how it's going out, then it's going to be very hard to actually maintain success or to attain success if you actually have it. Uh, um, So if you don't have it, attain success. And if you do have it, maintain it. I apologize. Uh, The last point is don't neglect your 401k. So we're going to get into those points very briefly at the end. But first, I wanted to play the clip by Kevin O'Leary. And again, this is property of CNBC. So I'm playing it and I want to make sure that it's known that this is CNBC's intellectual property. They have the the rights to this. I'm just playing it because it's in public domain. And I want to give all like deference to CNBC and Mr. O'Leary. This is not my material. I'm just playing it because I want to talk about it. And I don't want to misquote or paraphrase poorly. So here's the article, or excuse me, the podcast or the clip from Mr. O'Leary. And uh, we'll talk about it on the other side. Debt is evil. People today don't spend enough time thinking about the future and what they've got to save for when they get old. It's not easier when you're older to make money. It's easy to make money when you're younger. You've got to save it while you're making it. That's the whole idea of financial freedom. The whole concept is be out of debt by the time you're 45. Think about life. You go to college, student debt. Then you find someone, you get married, you buy a house, more debt. That's called a mortgage. You have kids, more debt, getting them through school. But at some point, you have to pay all that back and end up on the other side of the ledger as an investor. When you invest, that money starts working for you and you can live off it. That transitional period is in your 40s. When you're 45 years old, the game is more than half over and you better be out of debt because you're going to use the rest of the innings in that game to accrue capital so you can invest it. A good goal is 42 years old, be out of debt. So for the next while, till you're 65, You're saving, you're investing, and you're building that all-important nest egg. Okay, so now that we've played that, there are a few issues that I have that I think are glaring. Again, I think it's a good rule of thumb that if somebody who's achieved a certain amount of success is willing to give you information, guidance, advice, to mentor you, it's always a good idea to consider taking that, especially if there's no cost to it. Like there's no cost to Kevin O'Leary doing that video clip. That was very little bit of his time to do that video clip. And I'm pretty sure there's some way that that benefits him in another way. 
You know, he could have been doing that out of the kindness of his heart, but he's also a businessman. So that probably like, you know, boosts his brand. You know, he's Kevin O'Leary. He's giving you this advice. More people check into who Kevin O'Leary is. Maybe you know, I don't know. But my point is this. If somebody who has success is willing to to impart knowledge, it's not a bad idea to listen. But it's also very good that if you uh, if you're getting advice from somebody, it doesn't matter who it is. Take the time to parse what's being said. So here's some things that I took issue with. First of all, he said it's easier to make money when you're younger. I disagree with that. And partially why I disagree with it is because when you're younger, you're typically just starting off. So you're you're more likely going to be at or towards or near the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the the ladder that people are trying to climb. We don't typically come out the gate, you know, from, you know, our late teens into early 20s making six figures. That's not a common thing for most people. When I came out, I was negotiating hard just to get more than $27,000 annually. That's my personal experience. Now, I can't say that that's everybody's personal experience, but that was my experience coming out of undergrad, having a degree. I'm literally arguing with a headhunter or having a dispute with a headhunter because the company that wants to hire me wants to pay me $27,000. I'm like, yo, you got to at least give me thirty. And they're like, okay, well, if we give you that thirty, then you can't renegotiate for at least a year. Now, just as you know, a little bit of disclosure, I didn't stay with that company. I, I, I stayed with that company long enough to, to leverage something else, and I didn't agree to that deal either. So I'm not one of those people who just like, oh, I'm going to do this, and I broke the deal, and I bounced. No. At that same time, I had something else that was working, and I got a better deal. I did not negotiate well for that better deal, but it was a better deal than what I, what I was being offered. Uh, so I took that deal, and I took that opportunity. Um, that being said, when you're starting off, a lot of times you're not necessarily in the best financial position. You're just starting off. Not only that, but a lot of times, and this is not all people, but a lot of times, and this is specifically for the people that I'm trying to target with this part of this audience. When I came out of school again, and I came from, you know, middle class, upper middle class, right? I'm just being honest. So my parents were both doing well for themselves. I wasn't missing any meals. I didn't, I didn't understand the concept. There were times when, you know, you know, my mother might've been struggling, but I didn't know it. Okay. So, uh, that being said, I've seen both my parents by the time I had graduated from high school, by the time I was graduated from high school, both of them were doing very well for themselves. Um, both of them were successful. Both of them had put in a lot of work to get where they were. It was even better by the time I finished college. Um, that notwithstanding, I didn't have any real discussions regarding finances and how to manage them. So this is a handicap that a lot of younger people are going into the world with. One, there are 
shifting or transitioning from being dependents to being independent, and they're not necessarily given all the tools to manage that transition. So they're not often told how to actually budget. They're not told how to avoid debt. Uh, what type what type of debt is good debt? Is there such thing as good debt or is that smoke and mirrors? There's a lot we can get into with that. And I don't want to overly belabor all of these points. I'm just trying to throw some things out there for you all to consider as you listen to what Mr. Leary said and what I'm saying. So what I'm saying is, yeah, you're younger, you have more energy. And when I was younger, even in college, I had two jobs and I was in school, you know, in summer school, whatever, trying to like knock out classes that I didn't want. I had more energy to do so. Uh, When you're younger, you can typically do those things and it's less toll on your body. So I do agree with that. But being able to make money and the quality or the amount of money you're able to make typically as you get older improves. All right. The other thing, um, the assumption that you go to college a lot of people are not going to college these days. A lot of people are finding trade schools. A lot of people are finding other avenues to get to the places they want to go. In essence, a lot of people are not doing it in the same way that their parents or their parents' parents have done things in order to find that path to what's going to hopefully bring them happiness. Not everybody's going to get married. Um, There might be people who want to get married, but there's some people who don't have that in their plan. You know, a lot of women and men don't want to get married. That's not a thing that they they long for. That's not something that they've uh, put into their scheme of things. Like there are people who don't plan to get married who do, and there are people who do plan to get married who don't. Same thing for kids. Not everybody is going to have kids. Not everybody wants to have kids. Uh, So that narrative is not necessarily uh, a one-size-fits-all narrative, and we have to be mindful of that. So we get down to the idea of pay off your debt by the time you're 42. Now, let's let's go back and and think about what he said about what, what debt is. In his narrative, you go to college. And in going to college, you get student loans. Now, in his time, because he's older than I am, I would say by at least 15 to 20 years. I'm guessing. I don't know exactly, but I'm going to say at least 20 years this guy's older than me. Uh, In his day and time, student loans aren't nearly what they are now. Barack Obama, I believe, when he went into the White House, had student loan debt. He had been out of school for some time. I know people now who have nearly $100,000 in student loan debt. So you're talking about you have student loan debt coming out of college. And sometimes you're not getting that much money. You might be making $40,000 a year, right? So you got this student loan debt and you're making $40,000 a year or $50,000 a year or 60, maybe even 70. You could be making more than that. The idea is you have this debt already attached to you. And let's not forget, there are some people who unfortunately get saddled because they're people who are predatory in nature, who will go and set up kiosks and booths and stands and tell you, hey, sign up for this credit card or sign up for this service or sign up for that. And because a lot of times, again, people aren't counseled and schooled on what to do with with regard to credit, 
they're they're getting trapped into debt before they actually understand what debt is. So you could be coming out with more debt than just student debt when you're coming out of college. It's a thing. So to say that you're going to go to college and you're going to get the student loan debt and, ooh, okay, and then eventually you're going to get married and that person that you marry may have their own student loan debt. They might have other debt. They might not be the best when it comes to debt. You might not be the best when it comes to debt. These are things that have to be considered, and I feel like they were glossed over. And it says, okay, you do those things, and then you buy a house. Not everybody's able to just buy a house. You have to have, like, you know, people who are willing to lend money to you. There are a lot of factors that can go in there. There's still things like redlining that happens. There's still things like unfair lending practices that happen, you know? Uh, they're, they're the idea that you might be loaned something at a much higher interest rate, even though your credit says you should get something better. There are all types of factors that go into this. So the narrative, I think, was a cute one, but it was very archaic. You go to school, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids. And then magically, by the time you're 42, pay off all this debt. But that to me is not realistic. You know, if kids, you know, are typically out of the house, if you're, you know, you're sending them off to college or they're enlisting in the military or they're finding their own way around the age of 18, they're, they're transitioning someplace, hopefully out of your house, right? So if you get married at 24, and, oh, excuse me, you get married and have kids by the time you're 24, by 42, that means they're on the way out of the house. So whatever debt that they 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 put you in because kids cost money, that's just bottom line. Uh, you have to handle that. You have to handle your house debt, whatever your house is, and you also have to handle your student, le- student debt. And again, that could be not just your student debt, but also your spouse's. This is a lot to consider. Outside of the other debt that one can accrue, car notes, uh, second mortgages. There are tons of other ways that people can accrue debt. So with all that being said, I I think um, I've made my point. I I just want to just be mindful that when you hear advice from people, I don't want you to feel like, it seems like a little bit too pie in the sky that you can't do it. It's doable. You just have to find a way to make it work for you. So one of the things that I, I, I do like is the idea of saying that you should pay off debt by a particular time. But that time is going to be based upon what you, what you actually set forth by like one starting that budget. And what I mean by that is, if, if you really think about it, your way to financial freedom is by sitting out and figuring out your individual situation. Because let's be honest, one of the things that Mr. O'Leary also missed was most Americans, or a good amount of Americans, are actually spending 50% of their take-home income, that's what they net, on their living expenses. That means stuff directly related to household functions, the utilities. 
That's electric, gas, water, um, obviously mortgage and or rent, whatever, whichever situation you're in, you could be in both. Uh, these things take up roughly 50%, sometimes more of what people's take home income is. And then if you start factoring things like food cost, that is a thing you got to eat transportation to get back and forth to work. There's so many factors that come in to, to leach off in terms of what you can actually save. And saving is definitely an important component of what you need to do to actually pay down debt and actually put yourself in a position to win. It is a, you know, something that goes in tandem with paying down debt. Um, so the idea of this magic age of 42 of paying off debt, I think it's cool to have a number. I'm, I'm not far from 42 myself. I think it's cool to have a number to pay off your debt by, but you need to have a number that's realistic for you and you need to actually work it. If you think you can do it by the time you're 38, then do that. If you're, if your financial situation says, Hey, well, I don't have a house. I have very little student loan debt. Uh, then that's awesome. Pay off your student loan debt. That's one thing that you don't have to worry about if you can pay that off. And then you can look at when you buy a house, how you want to handle said debt. Because there are ways that you could pay down a house a lot faster than 30 years, even if you get a 30-year mortgage. And there's a way that we can talk about that in the future. Uh, so that's something I want you to consider. With that being said, here are a couple points that I want to point out. Okay, so one, one of the things that you can do is avoid amassing debt in the first place. Try to have an attitude of one, paying as you go, and then two, asking yourself, is this something I really need? And this is something that was actually mentioned once you actually get into the meat of the article that uh, the Kevin O'Leary video clip was in. It does mention that, which I, I appreciate and I agree with. A lot of times we want to buy things based upon the idea that it's going to bring us joy or happiness. And it may in that moment, but long term, how much joy or happiness is that thing going to bring us? We might want this really like fancy coffee maker, but at the end of the day, does that coffee maker actually improve the value of your life? Does it actually make your life better? Or is it another thing that when it comes time to move to the next place, you have to find space for and have somebody to live, carry, love, take to the next place? Uh, if it doesn't actually add real value to your life, then maybe you don't need to buy it. It's one of the things that I personally have because people call me frugal all the time. Um, there are times that there are things that I really legitimately want to buy. And sometimes it's things that I actually need. There's actually a need for them. But I still have difficulty pulling the trigger because it's like at the end of the day, like, mm, I don't know. It's just like, I'm like, is there, this, this cost, is it really necessary? Is there another way to go about it? Uh, so that's just something that I sometimes internally deal with. Another thing, invest in yourself. One of the things that I talk about when it comes to when it comes to having a budget is you lay out all the all the places that you have to pay. You, you have to pay your mortgage lender or your landlord, whoever you're paying rent or mortgage to. You have to pay the electric company, the cable company. The, you know, often the cable company at this point now is the telephone company as well. 
You have to pay all these different people who are, another word for creditors, who you owe money to. And that's not even like debt in a sense, like, you know, roll over debt. These are just monthly expenses. This debt in a different way if you like wind up becoming behind on it. But, you know, these are just people you owe. But you also owe yourself. After all, you are the one who's going out there to make the money in the first place. You are the one who ultimately is responsible for taking care of you. How dare you not take care of yourself in the process? And what I mean, how dare you not take care of yourself? How dare you not save something for yourself? So if it's 5% of your net, if you can manage that, if it's 10% of your net of what you bring home in a week, two weeks, or a month, you need to be saving something for that rainy day fund. You need to be saving something for yourself. Also investing in yourself is, again, they talk about 401k. That's the last thing they talk about in the article. I agree with making sure that you, at a minimum, get the company match. A lot of places will match you up to 6%. A lot of times it's in the window of 3 to 6%. There are often caveats, like uh, it takes you one to three years to become fully vested in your 401k, and they can take all or some of the money if you're not fully vested uh, by a particular point if you leave before that time. And this way of indemnifying themselves. In other words, making sure they're not, they're not just like throwing money after somebody who's going to ultimately leave them. And they're paying this money to, you know, entice them to stay, but they're just running with the money that they gave them. So you might have one of those companies that you'll be 100% vested in your 401k after two years which means you have to wait 24 months of paying into your 401k and getting that match before all the money that they paid in and all the money subsequently that they pay in actually is yours. It stays with you. But if they're going to give you 6% or 3%, the minimum that you need to be paying in is whatever their match is. So if they're going to pay up to 6%, you need to be willing to pay up to 6%. That's also going to help you when it comes to tax time because it means that the amount of taxable dollars that you're paying out at the end of every pay period is going to be lower. So you might actually be taking home a little bit less, but you're also in taxation, you're paying a little bit less also when it comes to paying Uncle Sam. That comes back when you get the actual money, but that's a whole nother conversation as well. So um, 401k, that's a good thing. But my thing that I want to stress is and a very big issue with this this whole thing that Kevin O'Leary was saying. He's saying that you should pay off your debt by the time you're 45, all your debt by the time you're 45. He said 42. He also said 45. And he said, at that point, you can start building towards that next egg and start investing. You don't have to wait until you're 45 to start investing. You can start investing whenever you're, when you're, ever you're educated enough to do so. So if you want to start looking into money market or ETFs, or you want to start looking into cryptocurrency and you feel as though you have a good handle on it and you have a little bit of money that you can earmark to it that you're not afraid of losing. And if you do lose, it's not going to impact your bottom line in a negative manner. Then by all means, do that. You don't have to wait until you're 45. And I think that's I think that's part of the problem of you know, generationally what happens when people from a specific generation give advice to another generation. Sometimes things don't translate because things have changed. There's a shift and that shift is not being recognized. You are able to walk and chew gum at the same time. 
I believe that. So if you're able to walk and chew gum at the same time, why can't you start with that budget that I talked about and that was talked about also in this article? We agree on those things. Start with the budget. You lay out all your money coming in. You lay out all your money going out. You create a line item or line items, plural, for your savings and your investments. It might start off small. It might be something as simple as, ah, I can't, you know, you know, buy full shares of something, but I can buy a bunch of micro shares of something. So I'm going to do it that way. I'm going to put a little $10 here into buying into something. I'm going to put a little $10 here into buying into something like um, REITs or something like that. Um, real estate investment trust, something like that. Well, you're not you're not buying a full share of something, but you're buying into companies that actually invest in real estate and things of that nature. Or you're not able to buy tech shares like, you know, like a full share of Amazon is expensive. It's over a thousand dollars for a share of Amazon. But you know what? You can buy like portions of shares of multiple tech companies. So you can do that. Right. But you don't have to wait until you're 45 to do that. And you also shouldn't put all your eggs into the 401k basket. It's a very bad idea. Why? Because you need to diversify your bonds. Shout out to Jizzle. Uh, what I mean by that is don't put all your eggs in one basket. We've heard that term before. And 401k is a nice basket. But at the end of the day, it's tied to the stock market. Stock markets can go up and down. They can crash. So you want to be able to have other means with which to protect and save and grow your money. So these are all things to consider. I hope I've given you food for thought. And I also hope that I haven't overly talked your head off. It was not uh, the intent to go as long as I've gone. But hopefully you find value in what I've said here. If you have questions or comments, please leave them below. Uh, Leave them in an article. I will try to get back to you on these. Um, If you have any uh, particular uh, suggestions or thoughts you would like to have discussed, you can also leave that as well. I thank you so much for listening. Um, I ask you to continue to stay blessed and be blessed in all things. Uh, And again, stay blessed, stay woke. Peace.